My childhood was entirely different from the way sports icon Jerry West grew up. The first time I ever saw Jerry in person, I was eight years old. My godfather had taken me to a Lakers practice in 1972 at Loyola University. Bill Sharman was coaching, Wilt Chamberlain, Gail Goodrich, and Jerry West were the three stars on the team. That year, the Lakers would go on to win the first NBA championship in Los Angeles and would be the only NBA title of Jerry West's career. I'm Denny Lennon. Welcome to our four-part video podcast that delves into the life of Jerry West. I think you'll find fascinating. This interview was recorded on November 9 of 2020 when my cousin Wayne Boley invited Jerry West to come over for a sit-down interview in my garage studio. In fact, Wayne stepped in to take the traditional 7428 shot. Welcome to episode one of A Very Jerry Christmas, exclusively on Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. Looking back now, I can see how clearly my 1970s warm, family-oriented Southern California upbringing was comparatively different to Jerry West's formative years in West Virginia some 20 years earlier. If you think of West Virginia, you can picture the backdrop of the Shenandoah River or the Blue Ridge Mountains contrasted by the orange and yellow leaves falling from the autumn trees. But the real backbone of the entire Appalachian region was the coal mining industry, blackened and covered in soot. While profitable for its owners, coal was less than hospitable and generous to the men who broke their backs, living in poverty while they were pulling black diamond out of the mountain. Perhaps that's why Jerry's father, employed by the coal industry, seemed much less of a dad to him. Jerry had made it quite clear over the years that he did not grow up in a happy home. Maybe his father stole his ability to trust at an early age, or maybe his mom maintained emotional distance, or perhaps both. So Jerry West turned inward to find his focus, always having a goal. He knew that goal involved putting the ball through a hoop. The poverty that encompassed Jerry's upbringing really left him feeling isolated. The nearest town of Charleston was some 20 miles away. So standing in his backyard, Jerry would look to the mountaintop, across the valley. His future seemed just out of reach, but he knew there was a better world on the other side. At age 12, he just didn't know what that was or how to get there. To Jerry West, everything that was good was in his older brother. On June 8, 1951, when Jerry was just 13, running home at a good clip that evening, someone simply shouted out to him that his brother had died. The shocking news devastated Jerry. Sergeant David West had become one of General MacArthur's casualties of the Korean War, the Forgotten War, maybe left to obsolete history books, was never forgotten by Jerry. Cut down at 21, the casualty of Sergeant West left a hole in the younger West's heart that never healed. Even after David's death, the letters delayed by months from overseas still came. Keep it basketball and be a good Joe, David wrote. And so Jerry did. That following summer, Jerry grew six inches and he focused on one thing, putting the ball through the hoop. He had a goal. And by 1956, Jerry West led East Bank High School to the state championship. It was really probably my first time that I had ever felt like maybe I'm a little bit special. Nothing like that had ever happened to East Bank. His play was so outstanding, they renamed the entire town of East Bank to West Bank for a day.
Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan. One that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast. Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. So you're playing uh, golf today? Yeah, um, I got a bunch of old guys that uh, contribute to the bank account. So <laughs> even at my age, you have to go out there and keep on fooling them, okay? Yeah, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. I, um, I One of the things that came to mind recently, because uh, I read your book, West by West, and a couple times, and it's, it's, it's great. I really enjoyed it. Um, but one of the things that caught me in there, especially during this time, was you, you said one of your regrets might have been you might have had a, a sliver of an opportunity to run for governor. And that you thought that that might have been something you would have enjoyed. Do you think that's still the case, or is it such a climate that it's difficult? Well, you know, the climate's always difficult, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this world is never the same. Um, you know, people go along and everything seems to be running smoothly, and all of a sudden something comes up either here in this country or some other place in the world, which changed the dynamics of people who are supposed to be thinking on a higher level. Mm. Um, I'm a huge reader and I particularly like to read to learn and to me history is something that uh, I can never get tired of uh, reading about and at that point in my life um, you know I was sort of well aimless would probably be a pretty Mm. good word because I'd finished playing basketball and that was the thing that always drove me to try to uh, to try to satisfy my own competitive uh, part of my life. And, you know, it's, I love West Virginia, okay? Sure. Uh, I really haven't changed that much, except I've lived here in Southern California. It's made me talk more than I've ever talked in my life. Yeah. Uh, sometime to the point that you uh, feel like you're a recording. Uh, you don't talk about anything serious because you're talking about basketball, basketball mm-hmm. players, or particular people that are involved in the world of sports. And uh, West Virginia is a state that um, it needs help. It really needs help. Uh, it used to be a, a, a state where people could get a job working for the coal mine. Um, and frankly, uh, it was almost like if you had manual labor, you could earn a very, very good living, even though uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Uh, damaging to your health, dangerous. Right. Um, but also, for years and years in families, these families grew up, and the only thing they had in mind was go to high school, mm-hmm. get out of high school, go to work in a coal mine, and their families replicated the same thing. Mm. Um, that's not something that happened in my life. Even though my father worked for a coal mine, he didn't go in the coal mine. Mm. And uh, you know, they'd go on strikes constantly every three years, so any wage concessions they might have gathered they were gone because they were three months they would strike. And I was intrigued because my best interest was for the people of the state of West Virginia. It was not a self-interest at all. And um, it was intriguing. Uh, But I just probably, at that point in my career, I was probably too competitive to take the competitive side out of it and have a broader picture of what was best for everyone. Uh, not for me, but everyone else. Mm. 
You know, uh, it's it's interesting. A lot of people don't know uh, what it was like to grow up when you did. But one of the things I found interesting that I, I could really relate to was the solace you enjoyed in basketball. And I love that, too. I love being able to take my ball and go dribble, go find a junior high or a high school or any outdoor court and just shoot. And so I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but there are times where I would go and I was Jerry West playing the Knicks. And that was right what I did when I was little. I was wondering... It made me think, when you were shooting around on your own, which you did a lot, did you have something in your mind? Did you have an imaginary game going, or did you just shoot to make a 100? Or how, how did that work for you? Well, first of all, um, basketball was a refuge for me, away from the uh, childhood that uh, I wouldn't prescribe to anyone for, uh, uh, for any child. Mm-hmm. Uh, escape from uh, a place where... I just felt like I was a piece of furniture. Mm. Uh, there was no uh, affection in my family. Um, and something that I think all of us uh, need and desire. And uh, when you feel like you're, you know, a displaced person, mm-hmm. uh, and if you think, and if you find things in your life that can give you uh, a respite from this yeah. ugly part of your life, that was it. It was no other reason uh, to, except to watch a ball go through the hoop. And the one thing that people um, of all ages, regardless of what it is, if you can see yourself making improvement, uh, you're going to not only take a greater interest, how can I get better, uh, you're going to start to play mental games. And I certainly played a lot of mental yeah. games. And only after I got older and I was able to be able to make shots on a more consistent basis. And when I first started out, you know, I I couldn't even shoot the ball up at the basket. I was so little. And, uh, uh, you you know, you talked about going to places where you could find um, a place to shoot basketball and in your own mind, your imagination. You can be anyone you want to be. Okay, there was no basketball players at that point in time that I even knew about. Nothing. It was just something I picked up. And an old adage, if you throw a ball to a dog, he's going to chase it. Well, I was that dog chasing that basketball. (laughs) And um, so in my life, uh, that has, I'm still, I'm still chasing that basketball. But it was a respite for me for the, the kind of what I felt like going home. I didn't feel very good about going you um you know you're you're moving towards high school and stuff the high school scene i'm always fascinated with we get a lot of that mythology out of indiana but i think it probably happened in west virginia and ohio and kentucky and you're bordering states in the same way about high school basketball was there high school basketball players that were a little older than you that you looked up to that you thought you know maybe i could do that not really not really i was pretty um focused on myself how I could be a better person mm. how I could particularly feel better about myself sure. and, and I think when you feel uh, like uh, you're not worth very much in your life uh, it probably is the worst thing that can happen to anyone mm. and particularly a child um, it's almost a sense of abandonment mm. and when you feel that when you feel that way you carry that with you everywhere you go and only when <clears throat> only when for doing something that other people think is attractive, uh, do you start to start to question why do they think I'm attractive? Because I'm a nice kid or a good kid, or because 
I've got something to offer. And I'm talking about when I got to high school and my career took off, that all these people wanted to recruit me. It wasn't because I was a good kid. It was not. Right. Um, it was because everyone thought I had a different kind of talent. Mm. And, you know, the promises made, uh, uh, money, uh, financial inducements, uh, where I would make four times what my father made in, mm. uh, in a month, or three times yeah, what my father confusing. made in a month. It was, it was hard for me to comprehend. And at that time, I didn't say a word to anyone. Yes, sir, no, sir. That was it. I didn't talk to anyone um, except maybe a friend or something. I was just deathly quiet. Um, a lot of scar tissue along the way. Mm. Uh, a loss of a brother who was very important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that changed my life forever. Um, sure. It made you really wonder what's important. Is it you or your skill? Mm. And obviously, it was my skill that people were excited about. And um, I often wonder, you know, if I would have gone to school and just been an average player or a bench player, what my life would have turned out. Uh, Unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. And fortunately for me, it changed my life forever. And also my thinking about how I can maybe contribute back to society and particularly as you get older. Yeah. Um, I think I have a mission today to try to help people. uh, to try to give as much as I can give, where uh, it would be me personally, or if I have the mu- enough money to give to some cause that makes me feel good, I'm going to do it, but it's going to be anonymously. It's not going to be me yeah. putting my name out there uh, uh, for personal applause. That, that I, I don't through. do things like that. No, that comes through clear. You can, you, you know, you can feel that in whether I've, I've watched you in the media or, or different areas. People always, you know, you you have that cred within your community of doing it for the right reasons. Did you get a sense of um, like family or brotherhood when you're on teams when when you're in high school? Did that, you know, did you like? Because I know as a coach of of youth groups, a lot of times some of these kids, you know, they don't get what they would like at home, but they do have this sense of of friendship that fills some of the void. Well, you know, at that point in time, uh, you know, I, I want you to go back in time, okay? Mm, sure. If you might. We we to. didn't have a car. Right. Never went on a vacation. Uh, I went to a consolidated high school where kids went from 28 miles around to go to high school. And how in the world can you communicate with anyone if you don't have a telephone, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have a car? It's so, it makes you so isolated. And there's also a reticence to uh, to revert back to who you were, quiet. But I had one guy, and I'll never forget his name. He's still alive, and we talk every once in a while. His name was Kenny Billow. He had a car, and he was like my chauffeur. Nice. He drove me everywhere. But you remember, 28 miles here, 28 miles there, everyone was spread out in these small little mining yeah. communities. Yeah. And a big day for me was to go to Charleston, West Virginia, um, and he was my he was my uh, chauffeur, so yeah. he would pick me up and take me places. And I will never forget his kindness extended to me, where otherwise <clears throat> I would be doing one or two things at that point in my life. I would either be fishing, mm-hmm. hunting, and obviously basketball was becoming a more important element in my life. So um, yeah. uh, there are just certain things you remember about uh, not being able to 
uh, go places, uh, feel so isolated, very much like we do today because of this mm. virus. Um, yeah, it's not natural to do that. No, it's not, and so it makes you a different kind of person. Um, one of the th- things that you got an opportunity, I think, might have been your junior year or something. You got identified, I think, by the American Legion. You got to go to the Boy State. Yeah, but it's really it's more something? than identified. Okay, it's really about a lot of different things. Okay, uh, and your schoolwork, uh, hmm. uh, kind of your status in the school, and nice. I always used to laugh. Uh, when I, I got this thing, Boy State, and I'm saying, oh, my God, what the heck is this, okay? Yeah. And if I would go there, I probably wouldn't say 10 words, okay? That's how quiet I was. But I did, uh, I did something did occur there at Boy State. Um, probably the biggest disappointment I ever had as a basketball player was when I was a junior in high school, and uh, they had an all-conference team uh, where I was the only unanimous choice on the whole team and I had worked so hard to achieve something that was pretty easy for me because I've always been competitive uh, and I was anxiously awaiting to see what the All-State team would bring. Right. Um, I received an honorable mention, not even sex team or third team, honorable mention and two of the kids on this conference, all-conference team made the All-State team. And it was probably the most devastated I've ever felt in my life when it pertained to my basketball career. Um, And during that period of time, uh, I decided I'll I'll go to Boise. I didn't even want to go, to be honest with you. But I go up there and there's like three kids that had made the All-State team, okay? Two of them, two All-State teams. uh, Two of them made the All-State team. I go up there and suddenly a basketball appears, okay? So they were choosing sides, and okay. I was like the last one selected, okay? <laughs> and then was the last one selected. at the end of the That's week, something. I was selecting the players. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thanks, Turner. It's probably <laughs> the most confident I've ever felt oh, in my great. life. Uh, where I knew I was better than these guys, okay? I would never say that to anyone. But I knew I was better, and I couldn't wait <laughs> till my senior year got there, and um, and it turned out to be I was it was justified that heck yeah uh, we won the all state. I so, mean, we, I, I was the only uh, I was all state led the yeah state in scoring, state in rebounding. Uh, we won the state championship. Won the state championship, and uh, it was probably I didn't realize the scope of it. Uh, because when it happened, uh, I'd fouled out of the championship game. We were way ahead. Oh, wow. And I didn't even play the last quarter. And I think I scored 39 points in, the, in, in three quarters. Three quarters. And uh, <laughs> but I was sitting there actually waiting this clock to go oh, down so, so we wouldn't lose, right? <laughs> and we won. And I went to East Bank High School. Yep. And after we won uh, the state championship, <laughs> um, they named they – named, uh, the, the town yeah. West Bank. West Bank. One yeah. day each each year. Okay. <laughs> um, That's something that no longer occurs. By the way, I, I, I wonder if your last name were like Horowitz, if they would have rolled with that, or well, I mean, you've been okay if it was North or South. Well, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, it was just a quirk, and uh, <laughs> that's that, it, no, and that's got to be something it, for us. It was embarrassing. Old. It was very embarrassing at that point in time. Yeah, that's a, I, did, that's I a didn't lot. even know how to deal with it. Uh, 
you know, people uh, coming up to you. And it was really probably my first time that I had ever felt like maybe I'm a little bit special. Yeah. Uh, but when you go home after that, you know, you're not special. Thanks for listening to part one of A Very Jerry Christmas. Join us for part two on Christmas Eve, December 24th. Thanks for watching and listening. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is produced by me, Marley Rice, and Christine Jinbo. Directed by Chris M. Alport with studio support from Alpha Command Unit and shot by bad boy Bobby McCall. Original music courtesy of Lennon Music Production and original images courtesy of Sienna Lennon Photography. A big thank you to all of our contributors of the show. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc., and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you watch and listen. Make sure you press that subscribe button, give us a review, leave a comment. It will really help us grow the show. And you know what else will help us grow the show? Head on over to patreon.com slash Jenny Lennon to get some never-before-seen videos, pictures, interviews, and so much more. We are all over social media and constantly sending out clips on Facebook, conducting fun polls on Twitter, going live on Instagram, and more. To find all of our social media links, hustle on over to sportsstoriesdl.com. SSDL proudly supports the My Stuff Bags Foundation and the Heroes Movement. Links to how you can support and help these foundations can be found on our website. We also want to give a big thank you to all of our partners of the show. So, as Coach Lennon would say, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, Marley, at info at sportsstoriespodcast.com. We want to thank all of our followers and listeners, and we will see you next time. When I was a baby, my mother said, son, always watch a good thing. Don't you mess around now, son. I tell her I watch sports stories and that I think she should too. Because when you watch sports stories, it's really, really good. Kick it out, book.